Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 12.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you at Rogers Place, Arizona Coyotes in town. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates too. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse at 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tomorrow night, uh, they have a dinner, uh, the proceeds of which will be going to the Cure Count Cancer Foundation. It's $125, 40% goes back uh, to the charity. And uh, Eventbrite is the place for look uh, for more information. Again, Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. We bring aboard Inside Sports, Reed Wilkins. Reed, we're going to hit on a bunch of different topics, and thank you for amending your schedule because I, I know by now you're usually or off at Northern Chicken or someplace like that, <laughs> uh, getting ready to, to feast on a little bit of lunch. So uh, the Oilers are 10-4-1. and one. It's been an interesting. It's and it the goaltending's been terrific. We know that, but it's uh, it's been an interesting start to the season. Hasn't well, it? the goaltending's the number one story. I I think that the the goalies have have earned them four or five points more than maybe where they they would have been given how they've played. Uh, I mean that was an obvious steal of a win by Mike Smith on Saturday. The other goaltending steal I would say was actually the Philadelphia game even though the Oilers scored six and one six three easily could have been four or five one halfway through the game four or five two I guess halfway through the game given the way the Oilers were playing they, they've been a huge story Mike Smith is the the third star of the week Tippett has pretty much stuck with his two in two backup rotation though I, I know it altered a little bit over the last week and a half with the road games but that's been the absolute backbone of the team now Dreisaitl is in a different category when we talk offense and all-around play. But, I mean, Bob, a lot of years you look at the 16 playoff teams and it's the 16 best defensive teams or the 16 best save percentage teams. Usually if you're not at least in the top 20 in goal prevention, you don't make the playoffs. So that's been the huge story for the Oilers. That's how they got in in 16-17 as obviously McDavid was the MVP and was outstanding but they finally had the goaltending that year to back it up as well, and, and that's why they're they're hanging in there this year. Oilers finished eighth in the league that year in team defense. They come into tonight's game uh, seventh in the league. They're playing a team that's second. Yeah. Darcy Camper. When I saw Darcy play in Red Deer, I thought he could be an NHL backup. I wasn't convinced he could be a starter. Well, and, even, and for, even three years ago, wouldn't you thought? He'd even be a year and a half ago. Well, right. It wasn't until basically Ranta, uh, you know, had some issues with some. He's had kind of a strange run in Arizona, but I mean they're second in the league defensively. So, and both teams have been. This is the surprising thing. Edmonton City there with McDavid and Drysaddle and 
they're 19th in the league in offense because they haven't had a lot of secondary scoring, and Arizona's 20th. Yeah. But both teams can keep the puck out of their own zone. Well, and I know we've referenced this in some of our chats too, the the start of the 11-12 season. So Nugent Hopkins yep. comes in as a rookie, as the number one draft pick. He had that five-assist game. And Habby Boulin was 7-0-2 in his first nine starts. 9-64 save percentage. Yep. Uh, that was up until November 8th. The thing is, the save percentages for Smith and Koskinen aren't that outrageous. Yeah. I mean, 964, clearly no goaltender will keep that up over the course of a whole season. All right, you can, you can argue maybe Smith's going to come down from 931 and, and Koskinen at, at 922. Okay, but I mean, I think these guys can play 915 to 920 over the course of a whole season. Well, his handling of them has been obviously good. Uh, there's a dif- different defensive structure. It broke down at times to get against Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh peppered a lot of shots from outside. I'd be interested to see what the actual expected goals in that game are going to be. The Oilers blew several chances for odd man breaks because Pittsburgh was really pressuring. Um, but we all know. You know, what's the old saying? Goaltending 70% of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's 100% of hockey. Well, right now the Oilers have it with two different guys, and that's part of the reason why they are where they are. Yeah, eighth and 16th in in uh, in save percentage in the NHL, and last year neither guy, Smith with Calgary Cossing here, was even in the top 30. Yeah. So they both had backup numbers last year, and this year they're both above average starters. Switch focus. Uh, this is still Connor McDavid's team. That's, yes. We all know that. And... Uh, and the other thing that needs to be stated regarding Connor, I believe he was on adrenaline early in the year, right? Happy to get back at it. Debilitating injury for a while in the offseason. Frankly, I'm, I'm surprised he started the year. Um, he's gone through a bit of a funk here. He's had some puck, you know, a lack of puck luck lately. But Connor McDavid would be the happiest guy in the world that Leon Dreisaitl is doing what Leon's doing. Leo Dreisaitl, I, I believe, Bob, to this point in the season, is the best player in the NHL. And it's it's not just the points. It's every, now his face-off percentage is is low for him. I think I think he's 45 points something. But he's won some pretty big ones when they've been shorthanded. And to me, that's what puts him over the top when I when I when I say he's he's the best player in the league so far this season is how he has been used on the penalty kill and how he's thrived on the penalty kill. The five on three against Columbus, that might have been one of his best shifts of the season. <laughs> he's had some pretty good, pretty spectacular offensive shifts. And, and then again, against Pittsburgh, they got into penalty trouble in the second half of the second period, and he was big in killing those off as well. And then, I mean, man, we haven't talked a lot. Uh, we, we never really, the storyline that people were worried about in his rookie season, that he might not be fast enough, That was that's gone away i mean he's he's like when he gets going like on that overtime goal he's like a steam engine going down the ice do you buy the osmosis comparison i mean i brought up i think so i referenced the game of our lives which again for anybody under the age of 35 that's not read it you should go get the book it's a a really interesting look at the oilers who are on the embryonic stages of doing something special follow the oilers during the course of the 80 81 season when they upset the montreal Canadiens in round one and took the islanders to six and you could see that other players were starting to benefit from playing with Gretzky. And I, I just think, I look at Leon, and, and like I saw him play six times that year, Reed, mm-hmm. with Prince Albert. Jim Matheson and myself sat there. We were utterly convinced they have to draft this guy if they can. But I thought we'd be talking about a guy that would be pushing Nugent Hopkins for first oh, sure. center. 
right? And it could be a 25, 50, 75 guy. Oh, like his, yeah, that his assist total would be right. twice his goal total, right? Well, and I, I do buy the osmosis argument, and I, and I think on this year's team, back to the goaltending, we've seen it with Koskinen trying to handle the puck a little bit more yeah. because he's he was smart enough to realize, and, and Mike Smith says he went through that with Marty Turco, where he thought, okay, I might not be as good as Marty Turco, but I can't be that huge of a drop-off for my teammates when I go in a, into the net. So I got I to gotta push to try to get as close to Turco's level as possible, and... I think Smith probably is at the level Turco was when, when Turco was in his prime handling the puck. And it, I always I always remember what Todd McClellan said uh, when about Dreisaitl, where he, he would tell him, and Todd referenced this often in interviews, where he said, I've told Leon, it's okay for you to be the first star in the game. I mean, yeah, Connor is going to probably be the first star of our season and one of the best players in the league, but it's okay for you to be the first star and want to take initiative. And even... I mean, look, Colby Cave, maybe he won't score another goal like that <laughs> in his career. But even that, like, make a play. If, if if you're on the ice, it's okay for you to make a play. Don't wait for Connor to do it. Don't wait for Leon to do it. If you think you can do it, if you think you can take advantage of a defenseman or whoever, do it. So I hope that's an attitude that Leon doesn't just have. I hope that does rub off on the whole roster. Your thoughts on Chase on being moved up to play with David and Dreisaitl? Well... I, it makes sense to me. I mean, you, we, I think, you know, I mean, Cassian hasn't scored in 12 games. Uh, and Chason hasn't scored in the 12 games he has played. So I don't mind shaking it up a little bit. Ch- I mean, Chason, the, the, the beauty thing about him, I think, for Dry Suddenly David is they know what he's, where he's going to be and where he's going to go. He's going to go down low and dig for pucks, and then he's going to go to the front of the net and try to get his stick on pucks. He he's obviously doesn't have Cassian's speed, which has helped Cassian there. And Cassian's hands and puck handling have been better than I thought he would be in that role. But Chason's a player who is going to score on tips and going to score on rebounds. So I don't I don't mind it in an effort to maybe try to get his name on the score sheet a little more, get him a goal, because we've seen with Chason, once he does get one, they tend to come in bunches for the next couple of weeks. All right. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 630-630. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. I'm going to put Reed on the spot right now. Should Milan Lucic have been suspended? Or was that just an old-school play by him? Well, yes, it was an old-school play, but this isn't the the old-school. So when I saw it, I thought, okay, yeah, I can see why they suspended him. Here's what I think the league is seeing. There's – it's after the play, right, and it's an obvious attempt to – I'm not going to say injure, but to go after a guy. Now, here's the thing. His intent was the same as what he did about a year ago. Was it Matthew Joseph, yes. the kid in Tampa Bay? And Which I would have been about almost exactly a year ago, wasn't the it? The difference is Cole Sherwood wasn't running around. Matthew Joseph was running around that game. Cole Sherwood was not running around. Right. He stripped Lucic of the puck, took the puck hard to Lynette. He did poke at, like, he poked after the I got to tell right, you. which is why Lucic did that. I mean, you didn't have to play in the NHL or the Western Hockey League to know 30 years ago if you did that, somebody was going to drill you inside of the head. Like, I'm telling you right now, guys right. Guys playing b- well, beer league hockey would punch a guy in the side of the head. And that's another thing that I, I don't always like about how the NHL does its discipline. They tend to penalize the result rather than the intent. So, Lucic had the same intent both times with Joseph and Sherwood. With Sherwood, he caught him cleaner, right? Yeah. I mean, Joseph, I'm trying to remember, I think they kind of, Lucic went after him, they both kind of stumbled. 
Joseph was able to cover up and, and yeah. Luch cuffed him a couple times. So he gets fined. This one, he comes in, and he happens to hit his mark perfectly. I, I had a player that has played on the edge uh, currently in the league say to me he deserved the two-game suspension. What he should have done is grabbed him first, put him up against the wall, and then popped him. So giving him a chance, give the player the chance to engage, and then pop him at just right. Because he almost j- jumped at him a, right. a little bit right. with the fist out, so it it looked bad. But my, you're, my guess is the guys in Calgary. Look, the Flames won the hockey game. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guess is the, the players in Calgary aren't that disappointed that Luke sent a little bit of a message there. Uh, no, just like the no, but most of the Oilers and Oilers fans weren't disappointed with the the Joseph situation. Last again, year. Joseph. Got in. I uh, went after Nugent, or went after both Nugent Hopkins. Went after McDavid. Thirty seconds into the game, he went after Nugent, stuck a knee out of Nugent Hopkins. Two minutes into the game, on the next shift, yeah, ran around and the refs didn't call it. And and that's unfortunately that's part of the process of today's game is that when guys play like rats, they get away with it. And all I can think of is maybe the orders need a rat themselves. Like yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, be beneficial. Well. Uh, but again, I, I go back, and we had this discussion last season when McDavid got the two-game suspension for the uh, for the head. Who did he hit? It was against the Islanders, wasn't it? But he he got the two-game suspension for against the Islanders. So the league says, no, no, every headshot is two-game suspension. Fine, but was it was it Malkin that had hit Raffle or Raffle that had hit Malkin with the stick swing? Yeah. But a week prior, to, and it was only a one-game suspension. It, it's with the stick. So I, I I still feel like they they need to. I don't know. They, if, if they're going to treat a headshot the same, then a stick to the head, in my mind, a stick to the head is more dangerous than a shoulder to the head, and it's more of the in, intent to injure somebody. I mean, McDavid on that play last year was trying to deliver a hard body check, he no was, doubt about but it. He wasn't but trying, I, I trying to hurt Nick Letty on the play. But if you swing your stick at a guy up high, you kind of know, you kind of have the idea of something really bad could happen. All right, some quick hitters for you, Reed. Let's get to it. Uh, will the Edmonton Eskimos next head coach be Rick Campbell? I think so, yes. You think that's fait accompli and already done? I I wouldn't go that far, but I think that it, there's a very good chance it'll happen. Do the Eskimos have a chance to beat Montreal next Sunday? They have a chance, but they'll, they're the underdog. Okay. Uh, what time does that game start? Sunday? 11 a.m. Okay, time. so we'll be long gone uh, by the time ours gets rolling in the afternoon. And yes, there'll be a bit of a, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, so long shot that they... The Esk- I, I, I give the Eskimos a one in three chance in that game. Yeah. If you played 100 games, Montreal probably wins 70. Did you see Lamar Jackson last night? Yeah, I watched. Well, yeah, yeah well, I was kind of had that game on. He's he's exciting, and uh, I, I kind of thought sure, that was the one. Sure, different look, eh? Different looking offense. Yeah, and I kind of thought that was the one. You know, if, if, where the New England might struggle with, because remember their undefeated season, they had that game in Baltimore, and they I think they got a beneficial call yeah. near the end. And I know a lot of the players have have changed, but you know that's. Baltimore's had a pretty good, pretty good team. He's he's exciting to watch. I wa- I watched that game and I watched most of the uh, Seahawks, yeah. Tampa Bay. Yeah. One final one. Uh, where was it going to go with this? Jeez, now I'm, I'm I'm I must be getting old here. Oh, I know, Chuba Hubbard. You see this weekend the two yeah. touchdown runs he had. Yeah, he's he's awesome. We're we we're, we're working on trying to get him on, but there's he's got a high. Well, as he was in studio that one night. Uh, yeah, you you popped on and, and talked to him a little bit. A great story. Uh, I mean, a great kid, and he's he'll be playing pro. <laughs> he'll be oh, playing yeah. pro uh, for his sake. I, you he's know, if he's real. The, he's real fast. Yeah, he's extremely fast. It'd be if it'd be great if it's in the league where he can. I'll give make you a, a play, lot of money. I'll give you a player he reminds me of. 
Kenyon Drake, who played at Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Six, I think Drake. Is he the one that just got traded to yes. the uh, Cardinals? Yes, he was six one two ten, and Chuba is six one two zero seven, and both explosive speed. I think very similar guys. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see if Chuba. I don't know if he's going to, you know, Drake's sort of a, a really good return guy in college that you know sort of speed option, maybe a bit of a third down back. I don't know if and Chuba doesn't. Uh, as it stands right now. Now, they've, they've had some injuries, so they're going to have to change up their offense, but he does most of his damage, basically, as a, as a running back, not, yes. not running screens or uh, quick you know, quick pitches to him and stuff like that, but it's going to be intriguing to watch where he goes forward. There's no question he's playing on Sunday. What time we got the pregame show tonight? 5.30. Well, uh, and then we should mention that Sat- uh, Wednesday's game against St. Louis is at 6.30. It's an earlier start, 6.30 Saturday. I guess that's on NBC. There we go. So so we'll be on at 5. Did I say Saturday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. All right. Great stuff, Reed. We'll see you uh, at uh, 5.34 tonight. Look forward to it. All right. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. 12.54 in Edmonton. You can join U.S. Travel. On the orders now, winter getaway to sunny Florida. The package includes great lower bowl game tickets against the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers, five nights accommodation, and a welcome reception with yours truly. For the Oilers now, winter getaway, call New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. Let's go to our Ashley Fine Floors text line. This text out of Edmonton on the Milan-Lucic play. Obviously, a penalty was needed, but not a suspension. Uh, this text from Rob says, Bob, if Nurse got two for blooding Roman Polak's nose, absolutely Lucic deserved two. Haas says, it's sad that Lucic, despite efforts to be relevant, will leave us remembering him as nothing more than a goon from Haas. Well, in fairness, for about six or seven years, he was one of the best power forwards in the NHL. Uh, out of Kelowna, B.C., Lucic absolutely deserved two games. Even when he was still with Edmonton, I feel the same way. It's not acceptable in today's game to sucker punch a guy after the whistle. There's no place for that in a fight for sure. But Lucic still could have sent a clear message to Sherwood without crossing the line. And I think he crossed the line. That one comes to us from Kevin in Kelowna. Um, Again, you can text us at 630-630. Hey, Bob, who might be the rat player that the Oilers could get? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, again, you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. Bob, out of Vermillion, Alberta, I said Settle and Connor could both win the scoring titles out of Vermillion. Well, if you said that a few years ago, you're better than 98% of the people that were texting the show and myself included because I did not think – I thought Leon could, again, be 25, 50, 75, no problem. Um uh, hey Bob and uh, Brendan and Reed uh, couldn't agree uh, more with Reed uh, my choice says the texter uh where did the uh, I hate when this happens uh, Leon is my choice for the Hart trophy right now Leon's co-leadership of this team is reminiscent of Gretzky and Messi both great leaders and captains thanks from Andy the carpet guy Bob if Leon gets two more points tonight he moves to third all-time in Germans points He'll pass Christian Ehrhoff with 422 fewer games. Uh, Dan says, after that Penguins game, I'm sure hope the team has bought Mike Smith a porterhouse and a beer. He was a beast. Go Oilers from Dan. No question, he played great. 
Bob, what teams do not have goaltenders steal a game or two? Goaltenders are always part of a team, 100%. Lots of great texts coming in. We'll get to more of them a little bit later on. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back in Oilers Now, we'll hook up with Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.